But today we're going to talk about how to live a blessed life. Who would like to live a blessed life? Think about a third of you. I think, I, I think we all would. We're just kind of not awake yet this morning to raise our hands. But everybody would like to live a blessed life. So what is a blessed life? A blessed life is a life that's lived under the favor and protection of God. A life that's lived under the favor and protection of God. Now, does everyone live a blessed life? The answer is no. Many people do not live a blessed life. And so some people think that to live a blessed life is simply a matter of chance. Happens to some people, man, they're really blessed. And other people, not so much. Just a matter of chance, they say. But a matter of randomness. But the Bible teaches that a blessed life is not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. A blessed life is not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice, your choice. Each person can choose whether to live a blessed life or not. Let's look at Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. God is speaking here. He says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, in case you didn't know which one to choose, choose life. Choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him, for he is your life. And so we see that God sets before every person a choice. Choose life or death. Choose blessing or curse. How does a person live a blessed life according to this verse? Well, you choose to love God. You choose to obey God. You choose to hold fast to God. Now, if we read this entire passage, which we don't have time to this morning, we see how a person chooses a, a life that is cursed, a, a, a cursed life. They choose to turn away from God. They choose not to listen to God. They choose not to obey God. They choose to worship other gods, to worship idols. And that is not going to lead to a life of blessing. And as I said before, in case, I often, I find this verse rather humorous, you know, in case you don't know which choice to make, God tells you choose life, okay? Don't choose death. Don't choose curse. Choose life and blessing. They go together. Life and blessing go together. Everyone on the planet is living one of two kinds of life. They're either living a life of blessing or they're living a life under the curse. There are no in-betweens. The good news, though, is that even if you're not living a life of blessing today, if you're not living a life that's blessed at the present time, you can make the choice to do it at any time when you're still alive. Once you pass on, your ability to cho choose is gone. You are locked in to your choice that you made in life for eternity. So as long as you're alive, you have an opportunity to choose to be blessed. And so this morning, if you're here in the service or watching online, if you're not sure you're living a blessed life, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the message to make sure that you are living a life of blessing.
Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are living a life of blessing, it's important to realize that there are degrees of blessing. Whatever blessing you are currently experiencing in your life, there is more blessing available. You have not maxed out your blessing. There's more blessing available for you. The amount of blessing a person experiences as they live a blessed life is also not by chance. And so what is the key to seeing increased blessing in your life? The closer you walk with Jesus, the more you're going to be blessed. The closer you walk with Jesus, the more you're going to be blessed. The opposite is also true. If you wander from Jesus, your blessing is going to decrease. Blessing is as we walk with Jesus. And so today we're going to unlock some teaching of Jesus on how, how to live a blessed life. And we're going to see how that blessing can increase in our lives and how we can share that blessing with others. You see, God blesses us, not just for us, but so that we can also be a blessing and share that blessing with other people. God wants everyone to live a blessed life, and that's why he gives every person a choice to choose blessing. So healing blessing comes by or through Jesus' power. We're going to continue in our study in Luke chapter 6, verse 17. It says, and he, that's Jesus, came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. So Jesus had just spent uh, previously to this, this night, night on a mountain praying for who he was going to choose to be his apostles, his 12 apostles. He chose his 12 apostles and now he came down with those apostles and saw found a great crowd of people gathered. Some in this crowd were disciples of Jesus, and some were people that were just coming to hear Jesus speak for the very first time. So why did they come? Why did they come to see Jesus? Why were these people coming from distant places, the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon? Why were they coming to see Jesus? Verse 18, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. So we see that the crowd came to see Jesus for three reasons. First of all, they came to hear him speak about God's truth. His reputation as a teacher of God's word had spread. There was no one like him. Teaching the truth of God in a way that people had never heard before. And so people were coming to hear God's truth. Secondly, come, people were coming to be healed. They had various diseases, various sicknesses, things that had not been fixed by the doctors of the time, and they wanted to be healed. And finally, there were people who were troubled by unclean spirits, troubled by, these are demons or evil spirits. The Bible calls them uh, different names. They were troubled in different ways by them. Sometimes evil spirits can cause things that look like physical sicknesses. Sometimes, oftentimes, they can cause mental and emotional problems. They can do all kinds of things that people need to be delivered from. And of course, they're still with us today, even though they're often not recognized. 
We learn more about Jesus' healing ministry in the next verse. Verse 19, and all the crowd sought to touch him. That's Jesus. For power came out of him and healed them all. So on this occasion, it seems that the way that people were being healed is people would reach out and touch him. There's another story in the Bible that speaks of a, a woman who had a, uh, a malady, a flow of blood that had been going on for years and years, and she pressed in to see Jesus when he was in a crowd of people. And by faith, she reached out. But she believed that if she touched the hem of his garment, she would be healed. She reached out by faith. She touched the hem of his garment and instantly she was healed. The same thing was going on here. People believed that if they got close to Jesus, close enough to touch him, if they reached out, that God would heal him or heal them. So what was this power? Is this some mysterious power that Jesus had? No, it's not mysterious. It was the Holy Spirit. Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit, with the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that lives inside of us as followers of Jesus to bring healing to people. Now, as we study the Gospels, we see that Jesus healed in many ways. It wasn't all about people reaching out to touch Him. There were other ways as well. This was not the only way that Jesus healed, but healing blessings came on this day as people reached out in faith to touch Jesus. Now let's think for a minute about what draws people to Jesus today. What draws people to Jesus today? And I, I think it's really the same type of things. People that have a hunger to learn about God. People who have a hunger to learn about God's truth. People who have a hunger to learn more about God's word. Those are people that are going to be drawn to find more out about Jesus. People who have needs in their lives that they can't seem to fix. They are people who are reaching out for Jesus. People who have physical ailments who want to be healed are people that are, have an opportunity, a desire to reach out to Jesus. People who have other hurts in their lives, other difficulties. People who know that they have needs and they believe that perhaps God can meet those needs. These are the same things that draw us closer to Jesus as his followers. And sometimes it's easy for us, speaking to the people who are believers, to get in ruts in our life. When we think things are going pretty smoothly, we've got it all under control, we don't need to reach out to Jesus continually, we can handle things. After you've been a believer for a while, you think, I know the Bible pretty well. When the preacher is preaching, he said, I've heard that story before. I've read that chapter. I know what he's going to say next. So I can kind of tune out. We think we can handle the needs we have in our lives, life's difficulties, because we have some experience. We're pretty smart people. And if we don't know what to do, we can always Google it, right? Uh, rather than turning to God's Word. But rather... As we're going to see as Jesus begins to teach us about how to be blessed in life, we need to recognize that we have a great need for Jesus in every aspect of our lives. That we cannot live this life of blessing without His help. 
without his intervention, without seeking him. We need to realize that we need him each and every day. Whether we need a healing touch, whether we need guidance in life, whether we need freedom from worry, anxiety, whatever it may be, we need him. Not only do healing blessings come by Jesus' power, but as we've been talking about, blessing comes in Jesus' presence. Verse 20, And he, that's Jesus, lifted up his eyes on his disciples. So this first set of statements we're going to look at is Jesus speaking to his followers, his disciples. He said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And so Jesus now in this section begins to teach his disciples, those who are his followers, those who have committed their lives to him already. And this is the first of four blessings that Jesus is going to give. Each blessing has two parts. The first part is the people's current condition. Blessed are you who are poor. And the second part is their future or eternal condition. For yours is the kingdom of God. So why are the poor blessed? First of all, we need to answer the question, who, who are the poor? Is there a blessing simply because you have no money? I don't think so. The same blessing in Matthew, parallel passage in another gospel, is, says blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The poor are those who know that they have needs in life and they're going to seek to have those needs met through God. They acknowledge their poverty. Remember that this blessing is directed not to the whole crowd, it's directed towards the disciples of Jesus. They are poor in the present age, but what does it say? They will, yours is the kingdom of God. They will begin receiving the riches of the kingdom in this age. And they're going to receive it completely, fully in the age to come. There'll be no needs in heaven. There'll be no sickness in heaven. There'll be no sorrow in heaven. There'll be no tears in heaven. They're going to be completely blessed one day in heaven. But it begins in this life. Next, he said in verse 21, Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. So another state that leads to blessing for a disciple of Jesus is hunger. Hunger for what? They are, there are certainly those who have suffered hunger in reaching the lost. I mean, we can read stories of missionaries who the foreign fields and didn't have enough food to eat. We can read the stories of Paul in the New Testament who often went hungry as he traveled to reach people for Jesus. And so some aspect of that certainly is physical hunger. It can be. But in Matthew, again, we see it explained a little more fully. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after what? Righteousness. To know more of God. That is hunger for God. And God promises that those who hunger for him will be satisfied. If you seek God, you're going to find him. If you don't seek God, you're not going to find him. And so there is a blessing in being hungry. Weeping over the things of God. 
brings blessing. We read the story of Jesus wept. God will console those who weep after the things of God and bring joy in this life and again in heaven in the life to come. There is no weeping. There are no weeping. There is only only joy and laughter. Verse 22, the fourth blessing. Blessed are you when people hate you. Hallelujah, right? And when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Now that last part is pretty important, on account of the Son of Man. Now people hate you for other reasons. Uh, perhaps there's a reason they, they hate you and you're not going to be blessed. But if you're hated because of Jesus, because you're a follower of Jesus, uh, then you are blessed. And so this is often called persecution. Persecution comes in, in many forms. Persecution is simply enduring some type of ill treatment from others because you love Jesus, because you're a follower of Jesus, because you talk about him, because you live like he wants you to live. How should we respond to persecution? Get all upset? Hide our light because we don't want to be persecuted? We don't want people speaking ill of us? No, Jesus says, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. And so we are to rejoice in what seems like things that are not blessing. I mean, do any of these things seem like blessing? People hating you, people saying bad things about you. Doesn't seem like it, does it? But truly it is because it's on account of Jesus. Now oftentimes when we can rejoice because God will bring blessing even in this life. But even if he doesn't. I mean we are blessed but visible outward blessing. But even if we don't see it in this life we're going to see it in, return, in eternity. He says our reward is great in heaven. Now, each of these blessings that Jesus is talking about here addressed to his disciples come in the presence of Jesus. The closer we are to him, the more we are blessed. And so what doesn't seem like a blessing in life, and none of these things would seem like a blessing, if you'd ask an unbeliever, are you blessed if you're poor? They say no. Are you blessed if you're hungry? No. Are you blessed people hate you? No. Are you blessed if you're crying over something? No. But Jesus says, if you're doing these things because you're following me, you are blessed and I will work it out for good. Blessing comes by getting closer to Jesus. Blessing comes in the presence of Jesus. We can see that in the life of the apostles as we read through the book of Acts as we read through the letters of Paul, the things that he endured as he spread the gospel to his world may not have seemed like a blessing or difficult, but they were a blessing and they brought blessing to many people, including us today. So we can be blessed in this life. The greatest blessing will come in eternity with Jesus. Blessing comes to those who are seeking God's kingdom first in this life. And when we understand 
what blessing in this life is all about, then we're not going to do what is the opposite of rejoicing, what comes naturally when any of these things come. And what happened with the children of Israel? Difficulties. They grumbled and complained. And God was not pleased with that thousands of years ago. He's not pleased with that today either. So we need to rejoice. Whatever happens to us in life as we're following Jesus, because we are blessed. If you're blessed in the presence of Jesus, what happens if Jesus is far away? Well, curses come in Jesus' absence. So now we come to, we've had four blessings, statements by Jesus. Now we're going to come to four woes. Luke 6, 24. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. And so each of the four blessings that we talked about in these last four verses is now reversed with four woes, or I would call them curses. Woe to the rich in this world, those who think they have no needs. Is it wrong to be rich? Not if you use your wealth to serve the kingdom of God. And yet Jesus said it was very difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Harder than for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle. That seems pretty difficult. Now people have tried to explain that away, but it's something extremely difficult. Why is it difficult for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God? They feel they have no need of God. Their trust is in an idol. Their trust is in their riches. Their money, their millions, their billions, whatever it may be. The rich in the world don't know, that don't know Jesus, he says, have received their consolation. They've received everything that money can afford them in this life. But in the life to come, if they don't know Jesus, they're going to spend eternity in hell and they can't take their riches with them. They're going to be poor in eternity, to say the least. Verse 25. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. And so those who spend their life chasing after the things that are going to fulfill their own appetites in this life, apart from God, will be hungry in eternity. They'll be lacking forever and ever the things that would really satisfy their souls. Those who in this life chase after entertainment and laughter, rather than the things of God, will mourn and weep in hell forever and ever. Verse 26, Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Well, this might be a little of an eye-opener. It's, it's not a blessing when everyone speaks well of you. It's actually a curse. Why is that? Well, the Bible tells us those who live godly lives in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. Everyone who is living for Jesus, everyone who is 
following Jesus will be persecuted. And so everyone will not speak well of you. You can expect that. Now false prophets, they only speak things that people want to hear. And so they don't speak God's word. Many people love the teaching of false prophets today. False teachers just as they did in the Old Testament, just as they did in the New Testament. People who appear to be blessed in this life without Jesus are actually cursed. And eternity will bring their judgment. And so as we look at these blessings that Jesus taught, as we look at the woes, as we study Jesus' teaching here, we see there's going to be a reversal in eternity from this life. Those who are rich in this life are regarded by society as the blessed people. But the majority who don't know Jesus will be absolutely poor with nothing in eternity. Those who are full and seem to have everything they want in life and have no needs will be lacking of everything in eternity. And so on with the rest of the woes. Those who don't seem to have a care in the world and laughing and partying it up and doing all these things will be weeping and mourning in eternity. Woes and curses come in the absence of Jesus. And so the takeaway as we as followers of Jesus, we ought to be living in light of eternity. Not looking around and envying people that seem to have it all together, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, or wherever, you know, all the beautiful, rich people, and it's like, wow, they just, oh, if I could only, no. Don't try to be like those people. Many of those people are going to have a gloomy eternity if something doesn't change. What that means to live for eternity is that everything we do in life should be done as we follow Jesus. Everything that we do in life should be for the benefit of God's kingdom, not just for our own benefit. In this life, we are to be servants of Jesus. We are to serve. And as we do that in the next life, we're going to reign as kings in the kingdom. How to live a blessed life? Follow Jesus in everything that you do. Do everything for him. You're going to be blessed now. And you'll have that full blessing completely in eternity. So how do you begin leaving, living a blessed life? Well, first of all, you admit that you're not living a blessed life. <laughs> Which is hard for some people to admit. Say, I'm not living a blessed life. I admit I've sinned. I've done things that were not God's plan for my life. That were not in God's blessing for my life. And I turn away, I repent from those things. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross that I might have a blessed life, that I might be forgiven. I invite Jesus into my life as my Lord and Savior and I commit myself to following Him all the days of my life. So let's bow our heads right now. If you'd like to commit your life to Jesus Christ for the first time today, to enter into this blessed life that he's planned for you before the creation of the world, I'd encourage you to pray along with me. And today, if you'd like to recommit your life for him, perhaps you have wandered away from Jesus and, and the blessing in your life is 
been going down and down. This would be a good day to recommit your life to Him, to following close to Jesus so that you could maximize your blessings. So let's pray together. Father, today we thank You for this teaching of Jesus. We thank You that close to You, Jesus, blessing comes. We thank You that You bring healing into our lives and every dimension as we walk close to you. Blessing comes as we walk with you. Help us to listen to you each and every day. In fact, every moment of every day. Forgive us for the times when we wander away from you and the blessing seeps away from our lives. And that remind us to come back closer to you. To spend time with you each and every day. Learning from your word. Time in prayer. Listening to you. Obeying you. Walking with you. Spreading the good news to others around us. As we are blessed, God, we pray that we would not hoard that blessing to ourselves, but we would use it to bless others, to tell others about the blessing that can come into their lives through Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. If you made a commitment or recommitment of your life today, I'd encourage you to mark the box in your connect card, put it in the basket on the way out. We also have some materials for you the table on the foyer, in the table in the foyer. Uh, startup studies in a new believer's New Testament, they're free. We encourage you to pick those up if you haven't already. Next Sunday's message is called Love Your Enemies. <clears throat> Let's all get excited about that one. It does come from the Bible, okay? Right out of the lips of Jesus. Uh, love your enemies. And uh, there's great blessing as we obey Jesus. And we are going to have a very exciting time next week. Now we're going to have a time for healing prayer as we have been doing lately. We're going to pray for needs that may be in your life or needs in someone close to you, someone that you know. Could be a physical need, could be an a emotional need, could be a need, a spiritual need. And so be thinking as I talk for a minute or two here, be thinking about what needs that you have or what needs somebody close to you has because we're going to pray for those things in a minute. Acts 9 verse 33 says, there he found, this is Peter, a man named Ananias, bedridden for eight years who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Ananias, Jesus Christ heals you, rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. One of the things we're learning from all these verses on healing, and there are so many of them in the Bible, is that somehow we get this concept in our mind when we read about Jesus healing people that only Jesus could do this. That's not true. And he, Jesus did this only through the power of the Holy Spirit. He didn't do it because he was the Son of God. Now, that's a hard concept. I'm not, this is not heresy. Uh, if you study, this is the truth. He did it through the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that lives in us that lived in the apostles, that lived in the other disciples of Jesus at the time, 
They bring healing to people as they pray in faith. And the same happens today. And so we're going to pray now. And uh, we're going to pray for those things. I'm going to pray and I encourage you to pray along with me in your heart. I don't know the needs of everyone here, but you know the needs that are on your heart. The needs that are in your life that need God's healing touch. So uh, let's bow our heads right now. If you'd like, I'd like to raise my hand up uh, just as I'm reaching out to God physically, that I'm reaching out in prayer as I pray for these things. Father, today we thank you for the healing power of the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us as believers, as followers of Jesus. The same power that Jesus uh, flowed through Jesus to heal people resides in us. And we can access that power through prayer. And so today, God, we pray for the needs that are represented by the raised hands and the hearts of the people today in this service and those watching online. We ask, God, for you to bring healing, physical healing into the lives of people who need that touch. We pray for people to be healed of cancer. We pray for people to be healed of Parkinson's disease, God. We pray for people to be healed of heart ailments, God. We pray for people to be healed of injuries and restored to normalcy. We pray for mental conditions to be healed, God. Specifically today, we pray for those who struggle with worry and anxiety. God, we pray for a clarity of mind. We pray for a trust in you, God. We pray that this worry and anxiety would be bound in the name of Jesus and cast out, whether it comes from their own minds or from troubling spirits, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, that you are a God of blessing, of healing blessing, and we believe that you're touching lives even as we pray today. And we're going to thank you and give you the glory for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.